as soon as I stepped in through those heavy Victorian iron gates, I just <laughs> felt this wave of peace and happiness. Welcome to Talking Simulator, a series of short conversations about video games with interesting people who play them. I'm Jordan Erica Weber, and in this episode, I discuss the Games Festival Feral Vector with my guest, Shella Ramanan. Hi, I'm Shella Ramanan. I'm a video games journalist and narrative designer and game maker. Shella is also one of the founders of POC in Play, a diversity initiative that seeks to address the lack of representation and inclusion of people of colour in the UK games industry. The previous episode of Talking Simulator was about E3, one of the biggest games events in the calendar. I invited Shella to talk about the other end of the scale. Feral Vector is an annual festival of games and play that takes place in an old church up a hill in a Yorkshire town called Hebden Bridge. I was recently trying to explain to someone why I think Feral Vector is so important. I probably should have just sent them this conversation. How would you describe Feral Vector to someone who's never been? Well, for me personally, it's a holiday camp for people in the video games industry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a arty, left-wing, sort of grassroots games festival that looks at play in all its forms. And it's nestled in a beautiful wooded valley in Yorkshire. So what's not to love? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you first heard about Feral Vector? Can you remember where you heard about it? I think I saw it online somewhere, possibly Twitter, I'm not sure. And I was like, oh, what's that? That looks kind of cool. And then I actually mentioned this to David, the person who, one of the organisers, when I met him at the Leftfield collection. Yeah, so I looked at photos and it was a lot of very white people in woods mm -hmm. holding bits of cardboard and I just <laughs> <laughs> I just thought oh wow okay yeah and I didn't feel particularly I felt like I wanted to go but I didn't feel particularly represented or welcome based on those photos which isn't something I normally feel but Hebden Bridge is a long way away mm. and it tends to be the more rural you get you know, the more difficult it is as a person of colour going into some spaces. So yeah, in my head, I just dubbed it the sort of Hey Literary Festival of the games industry, this extremely white and middle class kind of playground in the woods. And yeah. Do you feel like that's more disappointing when it is an event that's claiming to be more kind of left field and progressive mm. and things when you see those pictures and you're still not represented? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Because it just seemed like fun and playful. And then it was like, oh, okay, but it's only for certain kinds of people. And it could be that, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> mm. But I know having spoken to David since, you know, that that was something he was aware of and changed almost straight away. Oh, awesome. So it's different now then. If you looked at the website now, would it be better? I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the website in terms of the photos they've got up now and how they present it. But I know when I arrived this year, there was a black 
man on stage speaking and I was like oh wow that's cool and then it was like the next person was a person of color so yeah it was great I just felt so happy that there was more representation it was even more inclusive because it's inclusive in other ways and you know that's really something it's a flag it flies and so I'm really glad that there's progress in terms of encouraging people of color inviting them to speak because that's part of the way that then people of color are like oh like maybe I'll go to this thing and or maybe I'll speak there or yeah it's something I want to encourage through Pock and Play people to like check it out. (laughs) Good plug. (laughs) (laughs) So when did you first go to Foral Vector because this wasn't your first year and what was the first experience like for you? Yeah my first experience was last year and I went as a speaker and so I was invited to give a talk and I talked about Afrofuturism and Black Panther, which I did a lot that year. <laughs> that, <laughs> that talk served me well in 2018. <laughs> I think people are just like, oh, God, Shell's back on Black Panther and Afrofuturism again. Well, you got to, you know, wring every last drop out of it, haven't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the freelance life. How much yes. can I reuse this content? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I went there thinking... This crowd is <laughs> not going to be interested in this talk. I was just, I just didn't know how it was going to go down. I was just like, because I had this perception of Feral Vector as being so white. I was just like, I don't know if they're ready for this. Um, but the hall was really full. I was so nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous up there. I went with my We Are All Windrush t-shirts. I was like, you know, this like... Well, at least they'll get that, this kind of lefty kind of woke crowd. (laughs) Yeah. So the hall was really full. I was surprised when I came through the curtain and saw like so many people there and they were really receptive and warm to it. So yeah, it was, it was lovely. But as soon as I arrived, even, you know, despite the talk or regardless of speaking there, it was just full of lots of people. I know lots of indie game developers who are just there to recharge their creative batteries really it's a space to enjoy games without the business of games which can be kind of life sapping sometimes Mm. you know it's not the creative side we just want to make cool things and you know having to think about unit price cost and you know revenue share and things is just exhausting and scary and yeah sometimes heartbreaking so yeah so it's lovely to be in a space that is just about the playfulness of games it's a place for the industry and people who aren't in the industry well people in the industry to meet people who are outside it doing different things that's the beauty of the the event really is the the breadth of speakers who are doing playful things in different spaces, you know, in sort of community spaces, just from sort of health and well-being perspective, from a sort of self-care perspective, people talking about burnout who are outside the industry. You know, a mother and daughter last year made glittery slime, <laughs> you know, like how oh, yeah. shop. <laughs> making slime which I thought was amazing and this year people making cardboard armor there was someone who had a gizmo that measured 
your soul and had little scales. You put your finger on it and the scales sort of quivered. And then it was whether you had a good soul or a bad soul. It was just wandering around with this gizmo. Sort of, yeah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> did you measure your soul? I did. And I had a good soul. It was very clearly a good soul, which is quite reassuring. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I got there, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to come here every year for the rest of my life. And why <laughs> why does it struggle to get funded every year? And how can I help spread the word to the people that aren't represented here and reach those people? Yeah, I just loved it. How did this year compare then to last year? I assume you felt a lot more relaxed going into it, not giving a talk. Yes. So that was nice. I mean, even when I was giving a talk, I came back from that event feeling rejuvenated and relaxed. But this year, I'm in the process of emigrating. So this year has been quite stressful. So May was incredibly stressful. But it was the one thing was that like, if I can just like get this stuff done before I get to Feral Vector so I can relax. And as soon as... I stepped in through those heavy Victorian iron gates. I just <laughs> felt this wave of peace and happiness come over me. It is, it's like a really magical event. And yeah, it sounds kind of cringy and ridiculous to be so effusive about such a sort of small event, but it is, uh, it is magical. It's in a magical part of the world. And it's got a fantastic space that has woods at the back of it that allows us to have outdoor sort of playful activities. And then there's the indoor space, the sort of Victorian sort of Baptist church, I think it used to be. And yeah, so this year I just came and felt happy and relaxed. And yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> it was lovely. Met new people. That was a good thing. I met new people. Mm. Did you take part in any activities? I did the Tom Selleck LARP. So. Okay, tell me more. <laughs> so, 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 um Nelson hosts these ridiculous LARPs, which are more sort of interactive, sort of shared storytelling experiences rather than LARPs. We, you know, LARPs, people might think we've got rubber swords and we're... <laughs> running around sort of you know half of us are monsters and but it's like a circle a storytelling circle and people step into play so this year's LARP was entitled Tom Selleck is dating your mom and you're totally fine with it so <laughs> complete with American accent yeah because all of you are American <laughs> so <laughs> so yes it was ridiculous and marvelous so that was in the woods and what other activities? I think that's the only activity I did. This year, everybody just seemed to be super chilled this year. And they're like, yeah, I might do this. I might do that. There was a wrestling match this year that I didn't get to, which was a shame. But yeah, deciding the great question of video games versus art. So that kind of sums up Feral Vector, really. <laughs> yeah, apparently David's been planning that for years, that, yes. that wrestling match. Yeah. <laughs> I spoke to him the next day and he was so thrilled. He was so excited that it happened. <laughs> he was just like, he's like, it was amazing and the crowd was great. And yeah. I'm sorry you had to miss it. Yes. A little peek behind the curtain. You missed it because you were having dinner with me. Yes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it 
was a lovely dinner, so it's fine. And I think there's like, I don't know, hours and hours of video footage and like 900 photos or something, David said. He's like, it's fine. There are 900 photos, so it's fine. (laughs) Gosh, okay. Yeah. One of the things you did do at the festival was you recorded an episode of your own podcast, right? Argue the Toss. How did that go? Yeah, that was really good. It was difficult to pin Zolivier down. Um, so he is the person, people might know him from a couple of things. They might know him from that viral tweet about No Man's Sky, which was a sort of a storytelling thread of one person's experience in the new expansion of No Man's Sky like last summer where he's found some eggs and then they hatched and they were evil and they were running away and it was was this really pacey thriller and I know people who bought No Man's Sky off the back of that that thread. Wow. So so they might know him from that or Hypnospace Outlaw which went pretty big this year and you've played I think. I haven't got around to playing it yet. Yeah, it's a kind of alternate reality 90s internet where you are a kind of moderator across multiple forums and you have to look out for bad behaviour, which is things like people posting copyrighted art and people trying to sell things with the wrong kind of virtual currency and stuff like that. And you kind of click around on different forums and it's all very funny. And for someone who was on the internet in the 90s, kind of almost uncomfortable familiar, but at least it's fictional. We did an episode of Chips with Everything with Alex Hearn and L. Hunt from The Guardian, who wrote this thing about the early internet and people's memories of the early internet. And it, I guess, is supposed to be really nostalgic and kind of sweet. <laughs> but for me, it just made me feel a little bit ill because I don't like remembering my early teenage years spent on the internet and how lonely I was and oh, kind no. of how I sought out <laughs> relief from that. So, but Hypnospace Outlaw being fictional and an alternate reality version of that is just distant enough from that for okay. me to feel comfortable playing it. Yeah. It's a really good game. Oh, cool. So he wrote that. Yes, so he wrote that and he's a friend So, and he was at Feral Vector and we'd had a Twitter conversation about the representation of black skin in video games on Twitter and I said, you know, we should do a podcast on this. So we managed to get a free hour when we were all available, holed up in one of the rooms at the hostel and had a great chat with him about everything from Texas dust storms, <laughs> which are a thing, <laughs> to yeah, black skin and video games and a little bit about Feral Vector and what it means and what it is. Because we should say, because unfortunately people listening to this won't know that Zalavir is also black, right? Oh, yes, yes. I guess, because people listening to, I mean, people just assume like a white face on voices they hear, don't they? Yes, Which is unfortunate. Yes. Yeah, we did clarify that on our podcast episode as well. <laughs> just to clarify, myself and Zalavir are black <laughs> as we wade into this topic. Yes. So, oh, and gosh. then Drew was, Drew was like, and I'm not. So he was very quiet for a lot of it. Yeah, I've listened to that episode and he doesn't talk a lot no. in it, which I guess is the way it should be. Yeah, he's very respectful. That way, That's why he's a great co-host and friend. He's cool. <laughs> How does Veral Vector compare to other games events that you've attended? 
Wow, yeah, it's um, quieter in lots of ways. There's less sort of piped music. It's not as much of an assault on the senses in terms of, you know, sort of this crossing of streams of loud music and video game noises and crowds. It's very small. You pretty much know everybody who's there by the end of the weekend. You're not there to do business which is nice. You're not there trying to sell your wares or impress anybody. No business cards. Yep, no business cards. There's only business LARP. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, was that, was business LARP last year or before that? Yeah, I think it was the last three years. So I did the the final part of the business LARP trilogy, which is a satirical LARP poking fun at capitalism and (laughs) the business of business and the ludicrousness of it. What did the finale involve? What did you have to do? Uh, We had to find the ritual to call down the angel investor. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because Father Business had died the year before. So I think it was the spirit of Father Business who has a beard made of receipts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And a grey and white Santa suit. So yeah, the spirit of father business was there. So we were, um, yeah, so what was it? The, um, the auditors were were in and were trying to break up the unions, which were people tied together with string. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was just lots of business people. Oh yes, we were freelancers. So the players were freelancers who got paid with pieces of paper with exposure written on them and yeah so they were trying to break up the unions that's so good yeah it was great and then I got wind of there were these green people with green bracelets and it turned out that they were people who were trying to sort of anti-capitalists basically so I got in with some rebel group and in the end (laughs) Herm the Hunter appeared and we just sat in a circle in the woods listening to the sounds of nature whilst all sort of Lord of the Flies hell broke loose with the people calling down with the business folks. It clearly had a real impact on you because you can remember so many details of something that happened more than a year ago. (laughs) Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, business LARP is, yeah, it was sad that it wasn't there this year, but it's good that it was just a thing and now we've moved on and now it's wrestling. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I wonder what he'll do next year. Yeah, I wonder. What do you think is the main distinguishing feature of Feral Vector? What is the one thing that sells it? I think it's the people behind it. They're just incredibly inclusive and they aren't interested in profit and money. They're doing it because it's a thing worth doing that they enjoy and they want other people to enjoy. They're just doing a thing for its own sake which is something we lose sight of quite often in the games industry. It's a counterculture to the industry of games, which is something we need because that's where the creativity and, you know, the sort of the art of games, you know, needs a, it needs a space, it needs a home to sort of to foster and 
grow and not be smothered by trying to make money and sell stuff all the time, which can become a distraction when you're trying to be creative. It's that balance of making a living and doing something creative. And yeah, it's the other side of the scales that we need that industry doesn't really recognise we need, but luckily we all do. (laughs) What kinds of people is Feral Vector for? Like who should go? Who should go? That's an interesting question. I think if you want to go and it sounds like an event that interests you, then you should go. If I suppose if you want to go to see if you can make money out of it somehow, then perhaps it's not for you. (laughs) (laughs) But I think everybody should go once because it's lovely. Hmm. You said Feral Vector is feels really inclusive. How do you think it manages that? How does the event cater for people who might feel marginalised or not catered to at other events? Well, I just think they make it clear, you know, they have a clear, very, very clear code of conduct. They cater to people who uh, might have difficulty expressing their anxiety in sort of social and LARPing situations. So they have sort of visual signals of the way you stand, whether you cross your arms to indicate to people that I'm not happy with this interaction. Can you please leave me alone now? Yeah, just in terms of, you know, sort of use of pronouns, they're just very clear about that aspect of inclusivity and you know I was at a breakfast table and I was like oh this is really cool I'm like in the minority as a cishet sort of person uh, at this breakfast table which is just really nice and one of the people I did a little vox pop of people and asked them you know why do you like feral vector and one said just because I feel like I can be me and I feel accepted for who I am or something uh, you know words along that line which was really like oh wow that's that's amazing and sad that they might not feel that at other games events is there anything you think feral vector could do to improve or anything you would like to see next year or in future years well this year i missed the fact that there was no dancing ah uh, yes <laughs> so, yeah last year there was uh, like a dj and someone to go dancing which is something i love doing so yeah i'd like that to, to come back next year i mean obviously it's nice that they don't have the same format every year yeah i'd like to see more people of color obviously because there were some but I was speaking to Amran and yeah he said you know thanks for noticing that but we have more work to do so hopefully I can persuade some people to get out of London and get up there. (laughs) That's always the problem isn't it? Yeah getting Londoners out of London even to go to a really beautiful place like that so yeah I'm not sure what's missing this it's different every year this year there was sort of clothes upcycling workshops and they're always throwing something in there that I didn't know I wanted so yeah I'm happy just to see what they come up with they seem to be like highly creative minds who just have this like deep well of ideas so yeah I'm happy to be surprised and see more people of colour even more Can you see, because you said it was small, 
Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a way for it to become bigger or do you think it shouldn't become bigger? Yeah, it's like the Glastonbury Festival <laughs> question because I used to go to Glastonbury Festival to put artwork up with my ex-boyfriend and every year that festival seems to get bigger and bigger. The site is bigger, the boundaries are, are moved and you know there's always that thing about losing the heart of the festival. And I think if they stay in Hebden Bridge, it would be difficult for it to get bigger. I'm not sure if it was bigger this year or not. Did you feel that it was bigger? It always feels about the same, I think, mm-hmm. about the same mm-hmm. number of people. I did feel like the talks were full, were mm-hmm. fuller yes. than I thought they were last year. Like there were just lots of people sitting and watching all the talks. Yeah, yeah. So is there a way it could get bigger? <laughs> I mean, I think it would be difficult to have that same magical aspect about it I suppose there could be little fringe events on the side um, in the rest of the town Mm. but Hebden Bridge is small so there's only so much it could sustain I suppose which is maybe a nice limiting factor does everything have to grow I mean isn't that the sort of (laughs) anti-capitalist thing is that growth isn't progress (laughs) Mm. so yeah, I don't know. I guess it's up to the people organising it, how they want to move it forward. I don't know. What do you think? I think it would lose something if it yeah. tried to become bigger. I guess I just, you know, if people hear people talking about it and there are whole huge groups of people thinking, oh, I've never found a games place for me. I've never found somewhere I feel comfortable Feral Vector sounds like it could be it. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly we have loads and loads of people like that wanting to go and there aren't enough spaces. Mm -hmm. That would be kind of sad. But its size does seem to be one of the key things that makes it special as well. Like you said, you get to know everyone else who's there. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a real chance of taking part in some really great activities that are only for a small number of people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's that balance. Yeah, it is. It's a difficult thing with events. It's um, something they have to struggle with. Yeah, and then there is this thing of, I suppose, the people that were there from the start. But I suppose if if some years I don't get to get a ticket, but someone else gets to go who's never been before, then that's kind of okay, I suppose. You know, it'd be a shame for me, but it'll be happy days for them. <laughs> if you want to see what else Shella gets up to, including her game Before I Forget and her imminent move to Sweden to work at Ubisoft Massive, you can follow her on Twitter at Shella Ramanan. Her podcast is called Argue the Toss, and you should definitely check out the recent episode in which I made a guest appearance for a conversation about unreliable narrators in games. To find out more about Pock in Play, follow at Pock in Play. I'm at Jerrica Weber, and if you just want to keep up to date with this podcast, you should follow at Talking Simpod and subscribe to Talking Simulator in your app of choice. And if you like what we're doing, please take the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I am unfortunately almost entirely motivated by external validation, so it makes my day when people say nice things about something I've done. Our music is by Jazz Mickle. You can find her at Jazz Mickle. Talking Simulator is edited by Leamington's loveliest audio person, Dan Parks. If you need to make something sound good, you can find him at Dan C. Parks with an E. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. Talk again soon. Do I sound okay? Because I've got like hay fever and I've run out of tablets, so I feel quite 
phlegmy. Yeah, no, you sound fine. Okay, perfect. I, I feel the same, actually, a bit bunged up. I did some Vicks before I came on, so... Oh, nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> it always comes out in recording, doesn't it? So Yeah, I might leave that in. I'll do that as the outtake. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about phlegm. Um, cool. 